I'm doing the AirPods thing, like one of the YouTube influencers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using these headphones that I got from a garage sale years ago. They're these like surround sound. Like, you know, they plug into all of the audio ports in the back of the computer. and Even the ones that it doesn't need to plug into? <laughs> need to plug into. The optical and the S-video out. And yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> it's, got a v- it's got a VGA port. I don't even know why, but whatever. Guys, we need to we need to come up with some more entertaining topics. Okay, last time was rough. Uh, Ryan couldn't even release. That's what she said, "Ah, no, I'm sorry. That's bad." <laughs> you you have been, been watching Office all day. I've been, I've been watching <laughs> the Office all day long. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's been really rainy here. So, like between they extended the quarantine through the end of May and. Uh, then, you know, to have it be just completely rainy all day. So it's, it's been basically, I, we've lost count of how many times Netflix has asked us, are you still watching? <laughs> yes, I told and, you. I told yes. you already. <laughs> and th- then the click of shame of, yes, yes, I'm still watching. <laughs> and then they come back with, really? Really? <laughs> this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> No, no judgment here. I started, I was on Netflix this afternoon looking through anime, you know, for research purposes. Mm -hmm. And I found one called girls and panzers or something. It's like a high school girls club that they drive tanks around and have battles with live ammunition. And so I'm about six episodes deep. You you could be lying right now, but based on how anime works, I 100% believe you. <laughs> I wish I was lying, but yeah, it is. It's there. It's it sucked me right in. <laughs> I uh, I used to have a uh, so Tanks and Girls has been this game advertisement going on with Tanks and Girls. That's like the whole premise. No idea what the game's about, but uh, I used to have. I have a guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I used to have a. Uh, subscription to the YouTube red or YouTube premium or whatever the hell they're calling it now. Mm-hmm. And I had that all last year and then I lost my job and I'm like, well, I can't justify 15 bucks a month for something I get for free. I just have to watch advertisements. So I canceled and now I'm, it's just the same crappy video game advertisements over mm-hmm. and over and over and over and over and over again. It's the same three advertisements. And it's always, and like, <sighs> They're at, the way they advertise these games is like, wait, I've played some of these games and that's not how this game is. They're advertising a different game with a link to a game that doesn't play like that. Yeah. It's like, wh- how, why? It's so, like that to catch a predator. You know, you go in and they're like, hello, James. How are you today? Damn, not again! <laughs> I've got the Microsoft Solitaire on my phone. Wow. Okay. And it's, it's you do you but (laughs) we didn't didn't judge you for netflix we're going to judge you for having microsoft solitaire (laughs) (laughs) um it's the same thing where they've got the same couple of advertisements and i could pay five dollars a month to not have ads which i'm not going to do 
Um, but it's the same like three advertisements and they're all for the game and that they have like the little playable levels part right. of the ad. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them, like my kids have downloaded and played those games and the playable demo that they have in the advertisement is nothing. It's not even remotely the same game. <laughs> That's the game that it's advertising. The one that drives me nuts, it's the um it's basically like a rock, paper, scissors where you choose the formation of your your army or whatever and what type of army you have is like wizards or soldiers or whatever, and then it plays out and you win or lose. That's the ad. Wizards and Wyverns. Uh, well, there's uh, I've seen many different games use this same advertisement. It's mad. Mm-hmm. And the game that they're advertising looks fun. It looks like that's the type of game I would like to play on my phone, where it's just like, it's a few clicks. It's, it, it is a little bit of thought, but not a ton of thought. It's interesting if you win or lose, whatever. I can, I can make up a whole, but that's, that's not the game. The game is one of those, like, wait a lot of energy and build a building. And then you, that building produces just enough resources where they have to, you have to pay money in order to defend against other people or what it's, it's a totally different game. Um, and I'm like, what, why would you advertise a game I want to play and then make a different game? I don't understand. <laughs> I already got you. Once you download the app and install it on your phone, they're tracking you. They got your, your health data. You know, they, you. they know where you're geocaching, James. They know. They know. <laughs> they got all my geocaching data. The, the psychology of it is really interesting where they, they always have the puzzle games where you know they, they make it look like, oh, I, I just want to download that level so that I can do it right because this person who's doing the demo clearly doesn't know how to play the game (laughs) which shows to me that these are that it's intentional in how they make these advertisements so it still raises the question of why advertise a game that other people would want to play and then not make that game i don't understand probably because the game that people want to play is too hard (laughs) and if you can make the money by not doing the hard thing but making it look like you did so people want to download it that was that was a whole bunch of vagary in that sentence, but you knew what I was saying. <laughs> oh wow, Ryan, that, you, you're not joking with that anime. <laughs> no, it's very real. <laughs> well, yeah, that that tank is actually a photo that they just yeah. It, the tanks are very well, uh, very lovingly animated, as are the young ladies. <laughs> All right, for different for different reasons. <laughs> let's all let's all let's all get on the same watch list. What is what is the name of this anime? It's a German name for a Japanese anime. <laughs> girls, which, so girls, which is not a German word, but then und Panzer. Garazu andu Panzer. Wow, they really three D tanks too, a CG tanks. Oh. Story tank takes place where historical World War II era tanks are maintained for sports-style warfare competitions in large carrier ships. Okay, yeah, you know what, I'm okay with that. Densha Do, The Way of the Tank. Interesting. It's two very specific genres. Two, I, I bet it's making somebody just squeal with pleasure, but... It's so all there. girls. It's not like guys and girls. Like this no, is it's all girls. It's an all girl school. I haven't seen any guys. Oh, it's a school. Um, I think it's foolish to have tank games at a school. I'm just gonna I know that's controversial to say that. Um, I'm just gonna go on record with that one. <laughs> go on record. A couple weeks ago we did a Harry Potter marathon with the kids on lockdown and the thing that I walked away with it was that 
Child Protective Services should have been involved in the wizarding world for a long time. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that Hogwarts is not safe. They got some ironclad wizarding lawyers too, I guess, because kids mm-hmm. are bone zapped. They're turning into any number of creatures. Like that. Uh, the Child Protective Services should have been involved in the real, the quote unquote real world of, of Harry Potter as well. You talking the actors or uh, uh, no the the for Harry and with his aunt and uncle he's showing up to school look like a homeless kid and bruises and having all kinds of problems and everyone's like no oh. I mean that's probably fine there's <laughs> probably an explanation for that um, you can hand you can hand wave that one away <laughs> that's it's like oh that's sad and true <laughs> yeah I, I realized that I had done foster care for long enough that watching the movie I was definitely doing a whole bunch of not metagaming, but just wow, this this really, if anybody was paying attention, this should have played out completely differently. You're taking notes on the Dursleys, getting your case, case literally. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I listened to the, the Harry Potter and the Sacred Text podcast. This uh, um, couple people from Harvard Divinity School going through and uh, analyzing the Harry Potter books as a as a sacred text as something to learn from, and uh they go on and on and on about the, the the failed pedagogy of Hogwarts and how terrible just their their teaching styles and the administration is and these kids aren't learning anything. They are pretty. Uh, they do their what what do they call the final exams at the end of the year? Their levels. OWLs. OWLs. Oh right, right, yeah, the owls. Well, there were there were also the the newts. Jeez, Ryan. But I don't remember what that. <laughs> What the newt stood for. It's been literally months since I've read those books. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's 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 all be honest. Who who cries at the end of book seven? I mean, uh, just at the end of book seven. Well, cons- I consistent. I I cry a lot of parts of Harry Potter, but consistently in the book seven. Book seven was the final chapter. I, yeah. I'm getting confused with the movies. Oh my gosh! On and on. Um, um, with. My my kids might mock me for tearing up a lot during movies. Well, yeah, very various and sundry movies. What's weird is when you do it in Die Hard, but <laughs> that's a different thing. No, Harry Potter, like when uh, Harry meets Sirius, and then something happens to Sirius. You know, not to spoil it for anybody, but you, you know mean when that. he's brutally murdered and falls through the portal into the ghost world. Oh yeah, 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 that one. So, the Ministry of Magic. You know, I, I had the, <laughs> you know, a couple of them <laughs> on that one. But. I think when 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 Sirius died, and when even when Dumbledore died, like uh, when I was reading that part of the book, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it, and so I didn't cry. Like I just couldn't couldn't believe it. Right. I think I I enjoyed the part where Snape was kind of became the antihero. Mm-hmm. Like I was. Like, you know, this guy's not that bad. And, you know, you start, you have that turn. I, I like that part a lot. So one of my kids didn't quite track with that during the movie. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, well, you know, wait, what, what just happened? And so I explained all along, it was Snape who was the good guy who was helping out and taking care of Harry and, and all that. And then, you know, halfway through my explanation, my daughter goes, What's wrong with your voice, Dad? Why does it keep like wavering? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that.
there's that old quote that having children is like watching your heart walk around outside your body, but they forgot to mention that that heart will also just turn around and like mock you. you. <laughs> yeah. Mercilessly, sometimes intentionally and sometimes not. Well, that reminds me of another story with a quote about children. <laughs> or they're like carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's an amazing quote. All right. So Brian, you want to bring us up to speed on for all three people that are listening right now? <laughs> 10, 10, wow. three. Yeah. We talked about it last time and decided to read the short story, the Velt by Ray Bradbury, which I first heard about last fall. Had never heard of the story before, but apparently there's a whole bunch of stuff because I sent you guys the YouTube link to the Dead Mouse song, right? Mm-hmm. So that that song, which I loved the song, no idea it was based on this story. And there's also a very uh, interesting dated film from the 70s that I found that is really? this story. Yeah, I'll, I'll oh, send, yeah. I'll send you guys the link to it. To be, be honest, I didn't think it was that good. <laughs> For like keeping in mind that it was written in 1950 or 1951, it was pretty pretty dead on with modern yeah day. well the, the the original copyright was 1950 and so the story if anyone is listening and interested they can stop and read the story it's it's real short it's you know 25 30 minute read just pause right and, here we'll wait <laughs> and yeah you can find the story online and and so we'll we'll sit here um in awkward silence while you go and read that we already lost our entire uh, listenership they're like whoa, whoa, whoa. they're 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 they're, yeah. they're referencing us directly we're not we're not cool with that yeah <laughs> you're breaking the wall <laughs> but yeah it's it's kind of a it it looks at there's a lot of uh, dated references to technology but just kind of our relationship with with technology and each other and uh child rearing mm-hmm. and so yeah in, in here, we learn that children are like carpets and need to be stepped on from time to time. Um, <laughs> Just to which, flatten them out. Yep. Again, you know, child protective services. <laughs> but children are carpets. They should be stepped on occasionally. That, that is the that was amazing. Was this something like my, like my father always taught me or something like that? Like No, it was, who was it that said children are carpets? They should be stepped on occasionally. We've never lifted a hand. They're insufferable. <laughs> who, who was it that said that? <laughs> no, really? <laughs> Yeah. I really hated carpets. <laughs> Honest question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a an upper class family buys this. Um, I couldn't tell if it was an add on to the home or if it was the home of the future with this holodeck. Oh, bleep that out! With so, this yeah. uh, make believe room. <laughs> kept, he, they kept calling it a machine, but it was you know the the nursery. Yeah, everything was all gears and levers. And what was that? He he said. Uh, it wasn't clear how the wooded and the wilderness areas that were projected into the mm-hmm. children's nursery. Well, no, they, they explained it quite Did they? quite clearly. Here it is. Uh, it's all dimensional, super reactionary, super sensitive color film and mental tape film behind glass screens. It's all odorophonics and sonics. Yeah, so there. I don't know why we thought that was so obtuse. <laughs> it's a it's a movie being projected onto the walls and they're like oh crap it's a real lion <laughs> <laughs> yeah and apparently it's it's all gears and levers because they think that peter might have messed with the machinery of it right but yeah the happy life home 
which cost a whole lot of money. I mean, thirty thousand dollars. Let's do it. Insane, right? What year? Nineteen fifty? Thirty thousand dollars? Look it up. Yeah, it's nineteen fifty-four dollars. You understand? Three hundred and twenty-one thousand dollars. Yeah, that, that's a fancy nursery for my money. I don't know. Well, I think that was the whole house. That was the. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the. That was, but then it, the the nursery cost half again as much. They said so. Okay. The nursery was yeah another fifteen. But yeah, so the the nursery is basically a uh, bleeped out holodeck. And so the children go in there and it's meant to help them work out their neuroses, but it doesn't seem to be doing that. Instead, it's instead of them working it out, it's, it's enabling them to go deeper. I didn't catch, I didn't catch that, that the point of it was because there's the, the psychologist guy that was, so I, I mm-hmm. listened to the audio drama. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. there's this, there's this additional beginning and ending. I skimmed through the text. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just to make sure it was lining up because it, w- it was a little different. Um, there's an additional beginning and end. Um, the guy that's coming over to the house and the guy that takes them, that's supposed to come and take them away at the end um, and yeah. talks, to, he talks to the kid. That's the psychologist. Dr. McLean. Yeah. And so it's David, David McLean. The beginning and end is basically him dealing with this family that's already gone through this experience and he's retelling what happened. Mm-hmm. And so now he's dealing with the, the, the parents have gone crazy thinking they've been eaten by a lion and the kids are. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. It was, it was very explicit. It was it, it, they, at the end, it was very explicit that, that the parents were not actually eaten by this lion, that oh. they were metaphorically eaten by the lion. Yeah, the book, the book doesn't make it that clear. In fact, right. it seems to be no, far more so clear too. the other way. I thought so um, too. But I think that's because yeah. we think of it as a holodeck. Mm-hmm. Um, when re- in reality, it's just projections on the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were a couple of interesting things that that I saw in there. Like for one, the wife is she seems very displeased with this house that does everything for her, and mm-hmm. that reminded me of a Simpsons episode when they go to um, they work for Hank Scorpio. And they get they live in this perfect town, and they have this fancy new house that does everything. And Marge starts starts hitting. Oh, the the, the, the Pierce Bronson's um, voice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Interesting that the that the wife was uh, really put out by that because all women yeah. want to do, Ryan, is cook and clean themselves. They don't want something else to do it for them. Oh. Yeah. Well, is that, that's what this was all about. Okay, well, you, <laughs> solved <it. laughs> you solved it. We can move on. So I got a couple of takeaways. That's one of them. They like doing chores. <laughs> they like doing chores. <laughs> and then the other thing, the kids' names are Peter and Wendy. Yep. They play in the nursery. All three of mm-hmm. those things reminded me of Peter Pan. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that was something I noted, too. You've got these these kids who are rebelling against not against growing up, but against having to do anything at all. Mm-hmm. There's there's that line where Peter is talking to his dad and he says that he's angry that he had taken away the picture painter. And George, uh, the dad, says, that's because I wanted you to learn to paint all by yourself, son. And Peter said, I don't want to do anything but look and listen and smell. What is what else is there to do? So he's he's replaced the passive experience with active engagement hmm. which doesn't at all feel like my kids watching other people play video games instead of playing <laughs> the video games themselves exactly <laughs> so i felt like the 
the the the conceit of the story, the premise of the story was that technology bad as an oversimplification, at least as a as a babysitting type of, of thing. Mm-hmm. And I have problems with that. Like I, I like I think it the fear of the newest things, the fear of parents letting they're letting something or somebody else take care of their kids has been around for at least hundreds of years, if not thousands, if not forever. And this is just another iteration of that. Nobody reads this and thinks, oh yeah, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm that parent. Like that's, Mm -hmm. it's always other parents who are are like that. It's, It's a way to, to judge others and blame the evil, you know, technology boogeyman. I just, I'd, I've always had problems with that idea, but like, not that, you know, one could look at this story through the lens of just like, Oh, it's the parents just not parenting. Like it was shocking at the beginning when they're like, look, they're in the nursery. The nursery will take care of them. We can leave. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was more like, Whoa, that's drastic. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, but that's, you know, that's a terrible attitude, no matter this technology or not. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I, you know, kids watching, I didn't really read it that way. Um, there's a part towards towards the end. It's hard to judge because it's a small, small short story. Um, it says uh, <laughs> it's the psychologist talking about the nursery. And he says, in this case, however, the room has become a channel toward destructive thoughts instead of a release away from them. So there's that the purpose of the room versus how the children are u- using it. And so George, the father, replies to the psychologist, you know, didn't you sense that before? Well, I, I sensed only that you had spoiled your children more than most. So I think it's it's not necessarily, you know, because the psychologist doesn't seem to be completely against these rooms. Well, I, I, I totally missed, like, what the point of the this house and these rooms were for this family as explained mm-hmm. by the psychologist. I missed that in my listen through. So it makes me wonder, too, if this is a criticism of psychology, which was around in the fifties that, that there, mm-hmm. there was a slow movement of, of these like parenting books. And there was a reaction against that. And that maybe that this was one of those reactions against it. Like, look, the, the problems this family had is the psychologist's fault. He encouraged this type of poor behavior and created this system for them that um, just made things worse. Mm-hmm. Cause the psychologist in the story definitely doesn't help. He comes off as an authority, but everything he does um, the only helpful thing he does is to help to get the family get out of the house. And that's too late at that point. Well, he, if they had listened to him, it would have ended differently, but they, he said, turn this thing off right away. And then the kids start whining again. Yeah. And, yeah. and so their father turns the room back on just, just for a minute so that they can say this goodbye. Another, to the jar- nursery. <laughs> another jarring moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh my God, you're just, you're throwing this huge fit about how dangerous this thing is and how terrible your kids are turning into. Oh, fine. We'll turn it on again. Pop right back in there for a second. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, the kids aren't the carpet in this one. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting thing, Brian. Like, the kids definitely seem to be running the roost there. Mm-hmm. Well, they even say that in the, in the book at one point where George says, you know, it's, it's turned around to where they're the parents and we're the children because of how the relationship has kind of become inverted. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the question I have is 
that's very apparent in the in the story reinforces that nonstop. Who, what is to blame? I don't like how I'm wording that, but I'm going to roll with it. Um, for that inversion, is it is it just the parents? Is it the technology? Is it the um, psychologist? Is it what what has caused this inversion? What's the that that to me is like the lesson is whatever you think is the cause of that problem is the lesson of the story. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a theme through there where what, what's the mother's name? Lydia. Yeah, Lydia yeah. is she's feeling useless and, and wants to darn the socks <laughs> darn and, socks man yeah and, and, fry, <laughs> and fry eggs yeah um because Short ribs are a little bit and he's like so you want to fry eggs for me again huh <laughs> yeah huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and uh so and then he's starting to she points out that he's starting to feel kind of useless too where they don't have anything that they're kind of pushing up against nothing no goals that they have to overcome or, or hurdles that they have to overcome goals to reach. Right. And so they're just kind of treading water, but it, there's no, there's no resistance. And so then when their kids put up resistance, they just give in right away. And it's, and that line about the kids being the parents is right there with that, uh, the carpet line too, where it's, yeah, the children are carpets that should be stepped on occasionally. We've never lifted a hand. They're insufferable. Let's admit it. They come and go where they like. They treat us as if we were the offspring. They're spoiled and we're spoiled. So they, they've got no resistance in their life, nothing to to strive for and against. And so well, that's that's kind of an interesting point too, is like you said that they didn't have any any resistance, any difficulty, anything that any problems that needed to be solved. The house was solving everything. But then they do come into a problem. They 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 end up with a problem with their children. Mm-hmm. And they're unable to handle it. Hmm. Yeah, it's like I feel like the part of the thing that Bradbury's saying through this is that as humans, the way we grow is by growing against something. We have to have something that we're butting up against and, and struggling against in order to overcome to grow as as people. Mm-hmm. And and that's also where you know we develop the skill sets and the ability to, to say things like. No, and so it, it's interesting because I was reading through this, and, and that was kind of going through my head. And I'm thinking about a lot of the the trends that I'm seeing on a lot of a lot of websites where it's you know kind of the the self help and and self improvement sort of things. A lot of people are trying to make things harder for themselves and kind of in targeted ways. But interesting, just like a simple example would be like list making. Like there's so many. I, you know, ideas around to-do lists and all that stuff, but that's well, yeah. I mean, years essentially ago, making things harder. Yeah, and and years ago, Merlin Mann started touting what he called the hipster PDA, which was just a little binder clip on a stack of three by five index cards. He had a smartphone, but he wanted to do it that way because it was a little bit more difficult to work with. And actually, did you guys uh, ever read either of Charles Duhigg's books, Power of Habit or Smarter, Faster, Better? But he, he talks about there's a school where they, they were in, I think, in one of the cities in Ohio. And there's an inner city school that was really struggling to meet the requirements that they needed. And so they had all of these digital tools that would give them all of this data in various dashboards and everything. But they weren't able to do anything with it until they ended up processing all of the data by hand. And 
making it that little bit harder where they were actually manually charting things and looking at all the data points, they started actually processing and relating the data in their minds so that they were able to see the connections and make changes where they ended up becoming one of the top performing schools in the district, I think. But it's that same sort of disfluency that Mm. makes us kind of grow and see the connections and do things a bit more difficult. So it was interesting kind of reading because I read Smarter, Faster, Better a couple months ago. So I still had that kind of those thoughts in my head as I was reading that. And it's seeing this, it's like they don't have the disfluency in there. Everything is so easy that the kid can't even draw a picture himself. He has to have a machine do it and he just watches, which makes me realize that Ray Bradbury never actually had a (laughs) two-year-old because you can't, you can't get them to sit still and watch anybody do anything without them trying to get up and do it themselves. Here's a comparison I think would be good to make Star Trek. Um, you know, they have a, they also have, you know, a room that projects holograms, a, a deck, if you will. A um, card? <laughs> of, 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 of rooms that project holograms. The holodeck, Brian, the holodeck. Um, oh, so it's, it's like it's the deck of a ship, but with holograms. Ship, but with holograms. Ah. But beyond that, it's supposed to be this like post-scarcity world. Mm-hmm. Similar story. There's no... Uh, need to strive for anything. All of your needs are are taken care of in that story, um, mm-hmm. and yet humanity still finds something to do, whatever it is, uh, depending on the show you're watching. That is that more or less accurate picture of humanity? Is that too much of a generalization to be able to make a statement like that? If it's more or less accurate, I think it, it it's kind of similar because it's just. The, I mean, that's kind of what the nursery is, too. And that's what its goal is, is to be like the holodeck, where a lot of the stories that are in the holodeck are characters going in and doing things the hard way. You know, they've got like the Sherlock Holmes ones where they go in and they have a Star Trek episode where you get to see all of your characters playing a, a Sherlock Holmes story where the character has to solve the mystery the hard way. They don't get to just, you know, ask the computer, oh, whose DNA was left there? Sure. Uh, Mm-hmm. And they've got to go around and do the actual sleuthing and get that that experience. And I think that's kind of what the nursery in the the Velt story was supposed to be. But then the children are instead they're upset with their parents, and so they're dwelling on it and they're using the nursery to act out their vengeance until the point where the nursery just kind of breaks, and then it actually does act out their vengeance, and they get eaten by lion folk. For those of you who didn't listen listen to us at the start of the episode and pause it and read it for yourselves, you just got the story spoiled. We told you. We told you to read it. But you wouldn't listen. Just like <laughs> you wouldn't listen. <laughs> you read it and come back by now. That's on you. <laughs> I saw that uh, 70s version that Brian was talking about mm-hmm. that. I did. Oh, those special effects were glorious, weren't they? It was it was pretty creepy. <laughs> like the fifties version was very fifties sterile, mm-hmm. and it was you know it fit the times. The seventies one was definitely felt a lot more um, more frightening, dystopian, mm-hmm. and especially the kids at the end offering the guy the tea. That was pretty wild. I 
yeah, I think that, <laughs> that last that last line is so delightfully haunting. Mm-hmm. Just that you know their parents have just been murdered in this room, and Wendy's just, "Would you like a cup of tea?" Were there like that's a that's a I don't know if common horror trope, but it's a horror trope of that the creepy kid being you know murdering somebody and then acting totally civil. It, is this the earliest version of that trope? Is that does that I don't know when that ha- like I guess horror isn't that new for it mm-hmm. to. Is it Village of the Damned that's the the creepy kids? That was in the fifties, I'm pretty sure. Unless that movie was based on something else. I'm thinking back through my um, H.P. Lovecraft stuff, but I don't think he had many kids. He had a no. lot of frog people. Yeah, he did. A lot of tentacles. I, I, I was I was reading a lot of uh, of old H.P. Lovecraft. I'm like, man, there's a lot of frog people in his stories. Yeah, yeah. All in all, I think the the Velt was it was pretty. It was eye opening, especially if you consider it's almost boy, it's seventy years old. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's he totally missed on how the technology would be accomplished, but we're not far off that with VR goggles and. Mm. Um, I mean, you can even get haptic gloves now if you make too much money (laughs) (laughs) and so it's it was pretty wild to see him picturing all this i don't know that we'll ever have a dedicated machine just for tying shoes (laughs) um and i i don't want to go to bed by pretending that i'm a deposit at the bank in a pneumatic tube but Rocking the bed, the bed rocking them to sleep though. That sounded fantastic. Yeah, I could go for some of that. I don't know. I, I, I get vertigo sometimes when I'm falling asleep and I think that would just trip it off too much. (laughs) I could just see myself like, you know, doing that kind of jump right as you start to fall asleep and just throwing myself on the floor every night. And then I'm going to work and, you know, I've got like a lightning scar on my forehead from hitting the side table and I'm all bumped and bruises and people are calling CPS on the Dursleys. <laughs> I think I'd give it a three solid mustache twists on the gentleman's scale. <laughs> What's the gentleman's scale out of? 17? <laughs> um, I think for the length that it was, it's like, you know, even if you hate it, you only hate it for half an hour. Mm. I've used that line a few times myself. Well, truth in advertising. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely got some things to, to think about, which is what I liked. I appreciate the, the short story format. I, I, my understanding is the short story format is still alive and well. Uh, the Oh, crap. What was the name of that movie with Amy Adams and the aliens and having to translate them? And Oh, um, Arrival. Arrival. Arrival was a, a short story. Yeah, uh, some software developer out in Seattle has a bunch of them. I guess are all really good. And uh, but I definitely don't ever read the modern short stories. I read a lot of the older stuff, the stuff from H.P. Lovecraft and Ray Bradbury and Isaac Asimov. And I'm never disappointed. Mm-hmm. Well, any final words of wisdom? Um, don't murder your parents with your nursery. If you do, drink tea afterwards. Yeah, well, I mean, drink tea either way. Really, the moral of the story is just let your woman darn some socks. That's mm-hmm. all you need to do. That would solve all the problems in this story. Mm-hmm. Honey, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> you can edit that so that it doesn't sound so... Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
so much like I had no idea where I was going. Leave, with that leave it in. Leave it. In. <laughs> well, that's um, right there. <laughs> <laughs> Remove all the awkward silences in there. You're, um, you're, you're or, or add or add bleeps so that it sounds like I was just really worked just up. Really swearing up. <laughs> Edit that. Yes. To make me yes. look smarter. <laughs> yes. Exactly. 